for today's message, what we're going to be talking about. Before that, you want to know something that I, oh my gosh, I cannot stand. I cannot, whenever this happens, I get so annoyed. You want to know what it is? Excuses. Oh my goodness. I cannot handle excuses. You see, when I was younger, when I was in my parents' house, when I was uh, your guys' age, uh, when we get in trouble, when I'd get in trouble, my dad was the type who would never let me, like, share an excuse. Like, example, don't go telling him I told you this story. But there was one time where me and my brother and sister, not that one, but the older one, were playing around the house. We were playing, like, chase the ball. We'd throw it, and then we'd run after it. First one to get it gets, like, a point. So it was a stupid game. Anyway, my mom had this vase that, like, her grandmother had given her, and her grandmother passed away. And so it was this, like, super sentimental vase, and, yeah, we broke it. And uh, my mom, she was so upset, the only thing she said is, Dad's coming home, and he's going to handle it. And so in my mind, as a kid, though, I'm, like, coming up with all these things, these, like, ways to get out of it. I'm like, I'm going to tell him that, you know, the centripetal force of the ball, you know, spun and, and all this stuff. And he gets home. I'm nervous. We're all nervous. First thing he asks is, what happened? And so I'm like, I'm the oldest. So I, was, I was giving the, you know, the presentation, as you will. And I was like, uh, I was like, you see what happened was, and he was like, no, what happened? And I was like, you know, and he was like, no, what happened? And I was like, the ball, we, we broke the vase. And he was like, how did it happen? And we were like, you know, when you, and he was like, no, what happened? Like, how did it happen? And I was like, we were playing and we broke the vase. And that's like how it went for a lot of, a lot of my growing up. And growing up, I realize now that the reason why he did that, because excuses are just that. They're just excuses. You're just trying to talk your way out of uh, telling why you made the decision that you made. Because at the end, you made the decision. No one else forced you. No one forced me to throw the ball and push my little brother into the vase. No one forced me to do that. I'm trying to get the ball. You guys are getting caught up in semantics. Anyway, so I realize now why he was like that. Because excuses are just excuses. It's just a reason why you made the decision that you made. And when it boils down to is you made that decision. I made that decision. God has given us free will. What does free will mean? It means like to the ability to... What? Uh, essentially, the ability to think for ourselves, the ability to make decisions and choose and all this stuff. It says uh, in Matthew 4, 18 and 20, a little bit before this, God has chosen us, so we should choose to follow him. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so a little bit of context before this scripture is I found this out by Rick Renner. If you don't know who Rick Renner is, he gives like these profound explanations of why things were in the Bible. And he was talking about how Peter, in the Bible, uh, he was a fisherman. 
and so was his brother. And so I thought, when I was growing up, that they had like a little tiny boat that they fished off of. But apparently, he had like a whole fishing enterprise. It was like he had multiple ships, he had people working for him. He had this whole giant thing where he was a fisherman. He owned a fishing business. And so to continue that verse, and it said, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting their, their net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And I thought this was so crazy because they had this foundation. They were fishers. They had this whole business going on. And yet they chose, they made the conscious decision to leave their, state, their financial situation and go and follow Jesus, which is crazy. Can I get everyone in here to raise their hand? You see, you can put them down. You see, that is a perfect example of free will. Because I didn't force you to. Some of you guys raised your hands. Some of you guys did not. <laughs> but that's a perfect example because no one forced you to. You made the decision. I just asked. No one pressured you. It was nothing. You guys made the decision to raise your hand. Uh, in Deuteronomy 30, 19, it says, Today I give you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. That's crazy. Oh, that you will choose life so that you, will, you and your descendants might live. With this, God is telling us to follow him. He's telling us to go after him. He doesn't want slaves. He's giving us the decision. He wants a relationship. But what is the difference? Okay, so a slave, this sounds bad, is like Siri. If I were to tell Siri, and if I were to go like, hey Siri, call Ashley, what does it do? Instantly goes through and calls Ashley. If I were to be like, hey Siri, play Elevation Worship, what does Siri do? It starts playing music. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. It starts giving me definitions and stuff. But it doesn't really have a choice. God doesn't want us to be like that. He doesn't want us to be... He, he tells us, hey, go over here, and we're just, yes, sir. No, he wants a relationship. A relationship is a conscious choice. A relationship is you choosing. John 15, 15 says, I no longer call you slaves because a master does not confide in his slaves. Now you are friends since I told you everything the Father told me. With this, we have a choice. He's given us choices. We should choose him because it is so much better. On Monday at Octane, we talked about the difference of relationships. We talked about it with spouses, um, how I don't do things for Ashley expecting her to do things for me. I don't give her $5 expecting her to give me back $5. I don't do something nice for her because I'm like, I want something nice in return. No, I do them because I love her. An unconditional love. I'm not doing it with a condition meaning that if I do this, you have to do this. No, I do it because I love her. God wants us to be the same way with him, where he gives us a choice, and we do it because we choose him. And I know we don't have this in the NIV, but you can put up the NLT. His thoughts are higher than ours. It says in Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are, my way, are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. 
What I think about with this is he's so much grander. He has so much for us. He wants to give us stuff. And if we follow after him, he has the right way to do things. Amen? And one of the greatest things is that he first chose us. He chose us first. Sorry for some of you, but before you were even conceived, God chose you. Before, out of the thousands and thousands of options, you were chose. Jeremiah 1.5, I know we don't have the NIV, but I love how it says it in the NIV. It says, before I formed you in, your, in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That is awesome. He chose you before you were even born. He decided he wanted you here. God knows all, and he chose you. One thing I wish I would have known when I was younger is that when I was growing up, I was always like, life is so hard. Am I supposed to be here? Am I supposed to do this? And reading this verse, him knowing you before you were even born, him knowing all, him having a plan for your life, it felt like such confidence in me because I knew that with this, I'm supposed to be here. He knew that Noah Madkins was supposed to do, was supposed to be born on July 23rd, 1999 to stand, whoa, that's crazy. He knew that. He knows all, and he still chose you. What, what does it look like to choose him, though? What, the number one thing I think of is putting him first. Choosing him is putting what you want second. It says in Proverbs 19.21, it says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, Lord's counsel, that which stands. When I think about this verse, I think about the fact that you can make all these plans, but God has the right one. So when you choose his plan, it is the right plan. There are things, oh my goodness, there are things I would rather be doing right now than standing right here. And pre- to be honest with you guys, can I be honest? I don't necessarily prefer to be on stage. Surprising, yeah. I don't prefer to be on stage. I'd rather be in the sound booth doing whatever. But, you know, God wanted me to be in this position, so I'm going to listen to him. I don't want to but I want to follow after him. <laughs> I choose him even when I don't want to. I talked about it earlier with your spouse. If There are some days where I wake up and I'm totally infatuated, undeniably in love with Ashley, and I would hug her until she pops. But there are some days I wake up and I'm just a Grinch. <laughs> and I just don't want to like anybody. I just want to... <laughs> I just want to go around, you know, stealing stockings and all that. But love is unconditional, meaning without condition. Emotions come and go. You may be feeling love one day, then not the other day. But real relationship, real love, does not base it off of emotions. It bases it off of that unconditional relationship, that wanting to do the right thing, even when you don't want to. Because I know it's really easy to do things when you want to. Like, in the Bible, it talks about giving and you will receive and all these blessings. But it's sometimes hard to give and put your flesh under. And when it tells you to go out into the streets and preach, it can be tough. 
But I choose him even though I don't want to. No spoiler alert, but one day we're all going to die. I know, crazy, right? I'm sorry I spoiled the end. Anyway, Pastor Rob has been talking about this in his messages. He's been talking about that there's a life after death. We all know this. When you accept Jesus into your heart, you will be going to heaven. But as well, the way you live on this earth is going to have an eternal effect on the rest of your life. Let me repeat that. The way you live on this earth is going to have an eternal effect on this earth. I don't know where it says in the Bible, but it talks about, you know, uh, going to heaven and you say you preached in my name. You said you taught in my name. You said you cast out demons in my name, but I don't know you. Why is that? It's because it wasn't a real relationship. It was just doing it to do it. And the Bible, going to heaven is not a workspace thing. What does that mean? That means if I do... Ten prayers a day, I'll be going to heaven and all this. No, it's a relationship. If you're telling me that you're a Christian and you're going throughout your life doing whatever, making the decisions that you want to and going through life, I don't know if I can really trust you with that. And if I can't, someone who's on the outside, I don't know how much in heaven how it's going to return. Because we don't talk about the fact that when you get to heaven, there's a judgment seat of Christ. That when you get there, you will be judged on your actions, how you lived your life here, the decisions you chose. Because it's a relationship thing. Because I love Ashley unconditionally, because I love God unconditionally, I will do those things that they ask me to. Because honestly, man, like I said, I don't, all, I don't necessarily enjoy being up here. But I'm going to do it because he told me to. I don't enjoy going to work every day. I need money for, you know, Ashley and all her endeavors. I'm just joking. But I don't necessarily enjoy it. But I do the things because I love them. I make the decisions. I choose. I don't make excuses. I'm not going to get to heaven and say he's going to roll the reels and I'm going to be like, "Ah, you see, the reason I did that was because. No, he knows your heart. He knows you. He knows why you've made those decisions. He knows you better than you know you. And I am here to say that there are benefits to choosing him. John 15, 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. That is awesome. Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we we shall reap if we do not think. I know sometimes, man... It's hard to do what's right. I know for me, I don't know about y'all, but sometimes people be pressing the right buttons and you just want to go off on them. But it says don't go weary in well-doing. Don't get tired of doing what is right because you will reap a harvest from the Lord himself. In Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as the Lord as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I'm here to say that as well. 
It may not seem like it all the time, but the good guy does win in the end. It may not seem like it on earth while you're here, but I'd rather go through this life doing and following after him, choosing the right decisions, and then get to the eternal life and be able to spend it with him. I'd rather sacrifice these somewhat 80 years for eternity means forever. Forever. I'd rather spend 80 years doing what he's telling me and get to heaven and spend the rest of it living my best life. Amen? God is good. And that's what I had for you guys today. So if you would, bow your heads. I thank you, Lord, that we do choose you. I thank you, Lord, that we make the conscious decision to follow after you. What have you told us to do? And I thank you, Lord, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you go, if you're wondering, uh, you can open your eyes. If you're wondering, maybe you're having a hard time listening, or maybe you're having a hard time uh, with hearing from God, a great place to find, if you're questioning, what does a Christian look like? What does it look like? Ephesians is a great book on the basis of a Christian. If you're struggling of, I don't know what it looks like for my life to be an accurate accurate representation of Christ, because that's what a Christian is. It's a Christ-like one. I would highly recommend to read the book of Ephesians, because it, it literally lays down the do's and do nots of being a Christian. So yeah, that's what I had. You guys are dismissed.